dissolved the council permanent. The last remnants of the old republic have been swept away. Hello there guys, gals and non-binary pals, all of whom are loved and welcomed in this space. I'm your host Charlie Ashby and joining me as always is my lovely co-host and fellow Imperial Center, Claire Stribling. Hey Charlie, I'm uh, you know, you didn't ask me how I was, that's how I'm doing, it's early. <laughs> I mean... I was going to get into it. I just want to introduce you first. I know you were. I just jumped the gun. Well, hi, everybody. Hi, Charlie. Well, <laughs> well how are you doing? And you're, yeah, very early for you. Um, and you're away from home as well. So, you know, you've got I am. You, I'm away from home. Boundary. I'm traveling. <laughs> I, am, I, am, I am quite tired. But other than that, I'm good. Going to a wedding today. Um. That'll be fun. It'll be mostly people I don't know at the wedding, which is also fun because you can always enjoy some people watching and meet some some new people. Sure. Yeah. It's going to be good. I'm excited. I haven't been to a wedding in a while because this whole pandemic thing. So it'll be fun. Yeah. I I, I can't wait to go to a wedding again. It's been years since I've been. I've got one next year, which is good. Not mine. (laughs) Just to clarify. Um, <laughs> I was like, do you have news for us? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I want just, I, the way I wanted to announce it to both me and the partner would be via the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> because as you know, Claire, women love it when men um, just randomly spring up um, proposals, particularly in like <laughs> high stressful situations or like where loads of people are there. <laughs> I mean, you're right. It's true, you're right? right. Um, it is true. That is what we love. We love to be ambushed publicly in that yeah. way. It really is the most romantic thing you can do. And uh, not to have rights, apparently, according to the uh, Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I just want to clarify. What I have to say about it, right? I mean, yeah. You shut up for a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. I just want to clarify on the show, obviously, that we're releasing this on YouTube for the second week in a row. Um, so if you're new to the show via YouTube or you've, I mean, if you've listened to the show on the audio streams, you know this for a while. Um, you know, this might um, concern you, but we actually are pro-women's <laughs> rights. Uh, we do we do believe that women have, should have the same rights as anyone else. Uh, we believe trans people have rights. And um, if you don't like that... Um, I guess I'm trying to find a, a good way to explain this situation. So I got a good friend of mine to explain this. Is that okay if I let them talk for a second, Claire? Absolutely. Uh, I can't wait friend, to hear what this um, is. Bruce Wayne, who wants to explain what you should do if you have an issue with the fact that we are pro-trans people and, um, you know, anti-right-wing, like, <laughs> you know. Here you go. Please. Leave me in peace. Please go. Stop smiling. It's not a joke. Please leave. The party's over. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that? And the worst part is, listening to that, I did start smiling. I'm like, immediately turn on that smile off. I'm sorry, Bruce. My bad. My bad. <laughs> 
I mean, like, on, <laughs> on a serious note, like, um, if you don't know about the show, I know there's a bit of confusion because obviously we've got the YouTube side and the obviously the podcast side. The show was created in 2016 by me and my good co-host and good friend Nikki, who's not with us at the minute. Uh, we created the show. Claire joined us later on, but um, has been with the show for yeah. like ages now. And you know, we're, we're free forward-thinking people who, funnily enough. You know these stories and break, like taught us not to be cruel, not to be uh, disrespectful, treat people with you know equally, and you know fight for what's right. And we we don't actually care if you don't like that. The thing about these podcasts, uh, which I think sometimes the 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 fan interactions can be difficult to explain, is that we don't owe you anything. Um, <laughs> Yeah. This isn't a you know, this isn't a situation where we're forcing you to watch our stuff or listen to our stuff. This isn't a situation where we're um, you know, making you do anything. We do this show yeah. where we talk about a movie franchise because we find it's fun. We find it silly. It's an opportunity to talk to our friends we don't get to see often. That's it. We don't care about numbers. We don't care. It's, it's, I'll be honest. It's a nice. It's nice to see it. It's nice to see when we're doing well. But if if that's the situation yeah. where we're depending on disregarding people's lives for the sake of a number, no, we're not into that. So, uh, bye bye. Yeah, we do this first and foremost. Because we enjoy it and we enjoy each other and we enjoy Star Wars. That's it. If somebody else connects with it, great. If you don't connect with it or if you feel, you know, like if you feel that our personal opinions are making you mad, peace out. Good riddance. Bye. Like, <laughs> I, I will not lose a minute of sleep over it. I just want you to know. And also, this is not, it's not why we do this. To, yeah, please don't let us know that you're leaving either because we just don't care. <laughs> yeah, we don't need the grand. Just, we've seen a lot of grand dramatic exits on YouTube comments today from people who think that the Imperial Senate podcast is two women. So I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's also surprisingly, you clearly, well, not like, really surprisingly. You lost a subscriber. <laughs> You didn't listen, though. <laughs> Who? <laughs> yeah, you weren't really paying attention. No, I was like... Um, yeah. It also surprises like, me that... What um, numbers? No, I, I don't even think surprise is the word. I, it's just it's just funny to me that I kind of have a little bit of respect for people that at least have their name and an image. Because then I can at least look them in the eye and go, well, you know, bye. But when you're debating... <laughs> Like, like if a if a fetus is a is a human being with the Joker, <laughs> that's not really an argument. And then they demand <laughs> that you have an, have an argument ready. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> this is not how it works. I'm not gonna be. Deba- I'm not gonna be debating uh, science with a, a guy whose header is the Mortal Kombat logo. That's not how it works. <laughs> it's a weird. It's a it's a cultural divide thing as well. Maybe I guess. In the UK, obviously, abortion's open. Um, 
and it's pretty much you know standard sim you know obviously in my terrible uh, tyrannical ways I'm peaching on people you know you know the white people that cl- white men that clearly have so much going on for them right now I just want to shout out to them and you know because it's hard to be a white uh, man in America um I'm gonna pull, I'm pouring one out for you guys because it's really upsetting. I'm really upset for you guys because this is it's gonna be so hard for you, isn't it? <laughs> you know what else is hard for people? Uh, Finding out that the last episode of Kenobi aired this week. Uh, <laughs> you oh, this? now that is a segue. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, God, you know? I thought you were serious. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm like, am I like half awake, when... like trying to get caffeinated stupor? I'm like, damn, yeah, it was though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, come on. Obviously, a lot of rough stuff going on in the world, and we're going to do our best to help out whenever we can, but. We're here to talk a little bit about Kenobi today and the the finale of Obi Wan Kenobi, which was emotional, as you probably Yay. saw when you watched Claire's video. Um, I will say that a very <laughs> a bunch of texts were sent in our group chat, very emotional texts. Um, just what an episode! Like, I think what made me laugh actually is the idea that anyone ever, for a single second, had any doubts. Against Deborah Chow and Natalie Holt, it's ludicrous in my yeah. head because they both rocked it. I loved every single second of the show. It blown me away. I was I saw people mention this at the beginning of the season, and I was like, I don't know if I could, I, I don't know if I feel the same way with this opinion. But by the end of the episode, I was like, no, they're right. This is absolutely episode three point five. It deserves that moniker. Yeah. And I'm just so glad we got to be on this journey. It, It's so crazy. You? I'm just... So... This is a show that when it came out, I was kind of like, oh, okay, I guess we can sort of explore that. We love that character. Cool. I was excited about it, but I was like, I don't really know. Like, what are they? what are they going to do with this? They're going to ruin my entire life is what they're going to do with this. I I couldn't agree more. Um, you can tell how meticulously they worked on this entire series and especially this finale, which is wild. Like it, it is top rate Star Wars. It feels like a new hope. Um. There are updated shots that are reminiscent of, you know, the Tantive Four chase at the beginning of New Hope. There are mm. emotional moments that pay attention to all of the lore and all of the animation and comics. And and this felt like, you know, more so than I think any other project in the Disney Plus era. It's it, it really does feel like oh, you love all this stuff and y'all paid attention and you really, you love it so much that you can see it on the screen, how much you love all of it. Um, It was wild. It was wild. I got everything I needed and didn't know I needed. 
and I'm just, I'm, yeah, it's pretty, it's hard to, it's, it's really hard to articulate. I feel, I think I've said that like 900 times throughout this season. It's, it's so, it just feels so special and so Star Wars and it's just, how lucky are we, man? That's freaking cool. I know. I like for me. I I know. I always blow this trumpet, but the hope and tragedy element of the thematic, you know, the thematics of that era is just incredible to me, and I've always loved that. And the fact that we actually get to explore that core hope for these different characters throughout, like through different ways, whether that's the rebellion in Rogue One or. Kenobi. This is a man who, at the beginning of the series, is broken, who has lost hope, and watching him, you know, like disregard the Jedi and, you know, wear, like wear don't wear the robes and all this stuff. It's, it's heartbreaking, and you can tell he doesn't trust people. And then it's funny, like we say, all these characters that people are like, oh, this character doesn't mean anything. Every single character helps him become the Obi Wan that we know, or reestablishes, yeah, you know hope that he once had and ignites it again to the point where we see him gradually throughout the series um one thing i found funny was like how it like correlates with ray in the sense that like fashion wise like he starts off with like the desert he clothes then he gets back into sort of the gray jedi robes like he's not quite there yet and then at the end he's fully accomplished he's wearing all the white robes again i thought that was really fun um and there's just a lot, like, uh, our good friend Alden wrote a tweet and Kumel retweeted it. And I was livid because I was like, oh, I had this idea for, like, a, like a, um, an article that would do the exact same thing. I was like, oh, he got there first, which was, Hardra is absolutely, like, the precursor to, he's the reason why Obi-Wan trusts Han Solo. He's the, he's the, you know, he's, he's dodgy. He is not completely trustworthy in that regard. He's a bit of a swindler, but he's a good guy at heart, and he's doing stuff for a valid good reason. And you can tell, like, when you watch A New Hope again, like, Obi-Wan's little smile when Han's like, well, yeah, whatever. You can tell he's like, this. he can see the goodness in him, and that's what's kind of beautiful about that. And I like to think that maybe he also had a decision in naming Ben, like the child Ben, because of it. Um... Because he, he Obi Wan's the one that brought them all together, right? And that's true. That there's kind of like beauty in that, and I just I really love the exp- exploration of him, like the twins being the you know the main drive for him to actually believe in the galaxy again, and seeing people like, um, you know, the, the path is these people that you know could have just gotten along with their lives and survived and not get into any trouble. But they were willing to risk their lives to help out Jedi. For him to know that not all the Jedi died, and that even though they might have like disregarded their religion in the same way that he once did, he's like rest assured that a lot of people out there are still surviving, and you know Quinn and Boss is out there helping people. You can see that there's a lot of weight off his shoulders in this show, which I find really intriguing. That guilt to the point where even Anakin relieves him of some guilt of being like, "Look, you didn't." creepy yeah. I did and that's heartbreaking it's beautiful and I have to say this episode had so many moments where I just teared up so many moments there was just so much emotion and drive I mean 
the whole fight sequence, the the mask reveal and the little conversation there broke me. The little smirk Hayden gives, and you just know he's completely evil. Terrifying. How freaking unbelievable was Hayden, by the way? Unbelievable. So good. He, anyone who has any doubts about his acting abilities can cannot have, you know, cannot stick with it after that because that was just incredible. The, the lighting yeah. of that scene, the framing of that scene was great too. The way that the lighting changed and um, Hayden's face, like the makeup design was so good. The way it like helps just distinguish, you know, the hatred in there. I thought it was really cool. The vo- I have to say the sound effects in this episode were fucking amazing. Um, big nerdy comment from me, which was that, um, as you know, my favorite ship is the uh, Imperial Shuttle. Uh, the second I saw it, I was like, oh, Charlie. Immediately, my brain went to you. I'm like, oh, he's a happy boy not, over there. Not only did it look fucking amazing, but the sound effects. I don't know if you heard the sound effects for this, but I put a really nerdy post, which is that whoever at Skywalker Sound, if it's an engineer or just like someone who like went into the, who at Lucasfilm, we went into like the sound effects and just messed around with the library. Whoever decided to put the episode six Lambda class um, sound effects like the, when it's landing on the end door and mixed it with the uh, the Fata class shuttle that Palpatine has in Revenge of the Sith, which is more of a <laughs> whoever did that, you you can have my firstborn child. I don't give a shit. It was amazing. <laughs> oh my god, I loved it. Also, spoke nerd. directly to my soul. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> It was just so cool. And the, the vocal sound effects for the Vader's voice, the breathing as well, like the broken breathing and the, the new sort of like in-between. Like when he screams Obi-Wan. Yeah, the busted, uh, yeah, like the, the busted voice modulator. Yeah. Beautiful. So good. The fight sequences so were amazing. Good. Seeing Ewan do the Hayden move. Yeah. The little cool. spin around. Spin around the back. Little spinny. Bit, spinny boy. He mentioned it as well on the interviews. He was like, I always, I always called that your move like to Hayden, because Hayden used to do it. But he goes, it's funny because they had to be retaught like some of the bits. Like They knew the bits, but they had to be like retaught or like went through like a lightsaber class. But these people like have created the rules via the films. So now they've got like actual names for it. And he was laughing because he's like, that's just something you came up with. <laughs> They're like, you're gonna call it what now? <laughs> but yeah, yeah it's like, I, um, my one, um, and and I can't agree. But the the fight sequences were beautifully done. I agree. I just there's a part of me that's like, I feel like it was overhyped a little bit, um, over in the Lucasfilm corner, but that's okay. That's okay. They were they were beautiful. Emotionally hit every right beat. Um, I no, I know. I'm gonna sound like I'm gonna sound like the negative person over here, but I here loved go. typical woman. The- <laughs> nag, nag, nag. Um, basically, I, I think that this episode is emotionally perfect. It hits every beat. It does everything that it intends to do it succeeds at that i will say um 
there is some I just I have a few there were a few moments where obviously watch the reaction video I sobbed through the entire thing but there were some moments that mentally I checked out a little bit um during that fight um but yeah as much as I love the Hayden mask moment I love a Twilight of the Apprentice moment I just it just took me out of it that I'm like oh we're just gonna change words from the exact same dialogue but okay that took me out a little bit um also because I feel like such a bummer person and like talking to people who don't watch the animation in my life who've really loved Kenobi and having them be like that was amazing and I'm in my head I'm like don't say it was Twilight of the Apprentice (laughs) like don't say it's been done before don't ruin it for them but I feel like every time I just pops into my head every time I'm like I feel like an ass every time I think about it. But you should never feel like an emotionally ass hit perfectly though. Like me and Nikki disagreed, but we don't. We're not like close. Fucking, she's got a completely different opinion. It's so wrong. It's I, get, get out there <laughs> and honestly shout like, it out. Because we're yeah, not going to change your like, opinion. The reason that the. No, because you're not going to change the way that my brain instinct like instinctively reacted in that moment. My brain immediately checked a little bit. I went out of the scene and into my brain, which you can't – yeah, exactly. No amount of, of internet debate is going to change that happening. And I'm not trying to sit here and say that anybody shouldn't enjoy that because it no, was wonderful exactly. and it emotionally was hit every beat. And I'm not – and like I'm not mad. I just checked out for a moment. I'm just, I'm just saying, but I, mean, yeah, I will say the, like, oh sorry. Oh no, I know. I was, I was just only going to say that this entire series, but especially this finale, emotionally delivered on levels that I didn't expect it to. Um, I, I didn't, I like, I didn't realize that Obi Wan had never met Luke yet. The power of it just being Anakin's child, like, helped save him at the end of the day. Like, freaking wild. Freaking wild, man. Yeah. Also, Mama Beru. I mean, we'll get to that. We will get to that because that deserves a whole segment. I'll be honest. Um, I think for me, like, I I did feel the same, like, like, in my brain. I was like, I hope they don't go too Twilight of the Apprentice here. Um, But actually, I really did enjoy the sequence because it felt like to me, the way I, I the way the reason why I think I liked it in my head was because first of all, what was cool was that the mask gets hit in the different side of the face. So now it feels like the two closest people in the entire galaxy to Anakin Skywalker can only even when they crack through, they can only get halfway there. They can't get the full way, and he fights back, and it's Vader, and it's not. Anakin reaching out and that's devastating because you're like these are the two people that care about him the most and you know and once was vice versa and it doesn't quite work and then you find out that the only person the only person who can remove the mask in its entirety is Luke Skywalker his son and he does it not out of an act of violence like Ahsoka and Obi-Wan but for an act of love. 
it's so crazy like how he <clears throat> not only with that but also with him being one of the reasons that Obi-Wan finds the strength to to survive um there's so many ways that that Luke does that throughout the the Star Wars saga and we're just adding to that baby I'm so excited so excited Absolutely and Leia is like just so incredible as a character and seeing Perfect. her like the way like she, the way she just even as a 10 year old inspires people and helps people out like she instinctively goes off to help people she doesn't have to be told what to do it wasn't like a you know taught from birth had to be kind it just was it's just a matter of fact the way she like helps people out showing them she helps a little corn which i thought was really cute corn horn um yes she has the little has little lola to entertain them and then we see Obi-Wan say uh, yeah, because it helps people that are scared. Maybe I should take her with me. And I then died. she puts him in the pocket. I... That moment was like one of the first. Was like one of the first major waterworks moments, other than him giving her the the holster from Tala. I, I just I lost it. She's so she's so perfect. They really. I can't believe. A. I still. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that she was. A principal character in this this show but also also that she was perfect absolutely perfect. and also that the idea that this journey affected both characters in different ways like it affected leia into wanting to become the person we meet in a new hope and it affected kenobi into being the person we meet in the new hope and they both challenged each other in a good way and i think that's really beautiful and the relationship between them being very much like anakin and um, Obi-Wan in fact there is a thing that yeah. broke my heart which I don't know if you got at the end of the episode when um, there's that really this is the other scene that made me like weep at work, I watched the episode at work at lunchtime I was weeping in the like kitchen Bad area call. Was... <laughs> <laughs> or is that a waiting longer and I don't want to wait longer I had to watch it so it was just weep see you know Niagara Falls and that whole sequence where he says that, you know, um, you're kind-hearted, um, smart. And these are, oh, um, don't even get me started. from your mother. And then he says that, the, and these are gifts from your father. I was weeping. But the thing that got me as well is that she says to Obi-Wan, will I ever see you again? And this is the exact quote that Anakin says to Shmi. I know. <laughs> and I I just love it so much I love them I love them so much and I I desperately kind of want to see more stories of maybe I know I've mentioned before like I'm excited to see more stories with Luke interacting with Anakin post Return of the Jedi I want to see a story of Obi-Wan interacting with Leia post Return of the Jedi yeah. Oh, that would be so cool. Especially because he really is like. Oh, I think go this ahead. is the, the delay, so we're both like <laughs> we're both like ready to shout. Like, um, oh. No, I, I think it would be great if you know, like, especially when she's training to be a Jedi, because they're both they're both the archetypes. They're the they're both the Jedi generals. Yeah, they absolutely are. 
And it and like Leia doesn't get that moment, <clears throat> which is why I love the Bloodline novel so much. Is Leia doesn't get that redeeming moment with Anakin. She never will. Um, that Luke gets. And so in a lot of ways, you know, that that guiding force user to her is still gonna be Ben, which is so cool. So cool. And another thing that about that scene that you mentioned, um, when he's like, I wish where he was talking to Leia about the attributes that she got from both of her parents. The other thing that I loved about it is how would this ten how would any ten year old in any universe Leia's ex- and ex- ex- bleh, Leia is an exceptional ten year old and and we you know the force is the reason why that she is that amazingly empathetic and perceptive. But he says that he he describes her parents and he's like I wish I could tell you more and she's like and she looks back at Bale and Brea and is like you don't have to I'm like ugh. It's beautiful. Uh, I think what this show like, has done. Can Jimmy Smith be my second dad? Like, I like my dad. I'm going to keep him. But can I also have Jimmy Smith? Your dad or daddy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think what's beautiful about the show as well is, is the emphasis on how much uh, these, you know, adopted families, you know, it's not just a you're my adopted child it is a family and there's a sequence which i loved of course was the whole peru uncle i know exactly where you're going those two characters we love them so much when reva attacks him he goes you treat him like he's your son and he goes he is my son i was like (laughs) yes like he's (laughs) my own so it's just so good yeah i love those two characters and now i have a different appreciation for those characters, but also I have a different understanding of what potentially could have happened in the new hope. Like who's to say that they didn't go out fighting. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that, you know, I, I think that they absolutely agree that this is more than that. You know, this boy is more than, you know, he, he is their child. He's their world. And, you know, the last remnant of Owen's brother, it's just like, it, of course, of course, they probably did, and it was ferocious. I'm sure. The the fact also that Baru had zero hesitation before she and Owen's like, "We gotta run," and she's like, "Nah, we're gonna kick her ass <laughs> immediately." And I, oh my god, incredible! I'm so happy that Bonnie Peace got some moments to shine as Baru finally after all these years. Yeah, and she we was amazing. Pretend, she like- did not disappoint. Very true. It was funny, actually. I was in a group chat with a bunch of our good friends of ours talking about 94. Uh, his wife, Maggie, um, Bill Sheehy, uh, Adam, Frazier. And we were just talking about what we would like to see in the finale. And I joked and said, I want to see Aunt Baru with a, with a <laughs> holding a shotgun saying, get the fuck off my farm. And we got it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm like, oh Amazing. my God. Yeah, it was just great to see the both. Your dreams fight. do come true. And you know, like the whole the idea that they did protect him for that long. Like Ben kept his distance. Like he he felt comfortable enough to move away from the cave and move uh, further down the general wastes and get a sweet new apartment with his new uh, BFF roommate, a ghost. Ah, uh, I am so excited! Like in my head, I am coming up with 
sitcom episodes for the like like awkward roommate situation. It's Obi-Wan and his old ghost boss. Dun, dun, dun. It's his father figure, but he's a ghost. Amazing. He raised him when he was young. Amazing. They had so much fun. <laughs> he got stabbed in the chest. Now he's back and he's the best. <laughs> it's quite <laughs> uh, yeah, it's oh like, it'd my be God. great. Like he's had like thirty years without him. <laughs> now he's back. It's quite on <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I just think it's great. Like, I like the idea that he hasn't changed at all as well. Like he's like must and that's what I love about Obi-Wan as a character and the idea of Star Wars as well, like we see it in The Last Jedi, which is that even when you become a master, you're never quite you never you never stop being a learner. And it's funny seeing Obi-Wan on on that EOP walking through the desert, you're like, this guy is like the king, he's the he's the He's, you know, he's a grown man. He's coming to his own. He's a Jedi Master. He's on the council. And then you see him see Qui-Gon and he's immediately a kid again. Like, he's like, Master. And, it's, and I, I just it's kept like, thinking oh of, God. I just kept thinking of, negotiations were short. Like, I kept thinking of Phantom Menace. And then Qui-Gon's the same. He's like, well, it took you long enough. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck were you? How... And of course, it's the... Like the emotional amazing. language of you know, um, you just couldn't see. And I was like, oh god, god I loved it. I loved it. It's it's so good. Like that moment, we, I've been scared. We've not gonna, we weren't gonna get it, but I'm so and I can't believe. I thought we were just gonna get a disembodied voice. We got Liam Neeson to come back and reprise his ghostly role. Amazing. Yeah, and I mean, I know some people complaining like, but he said that he didn't complete the training. I'm like, well, yeah, he could have completed it between the Clone Wars and now. Like, it's not like he's just right. dead for good. Like, he, he did that. He did enough training to get there. You know, I feel like he could have, you know, yeah. worked a little bit harder. And I would be surprised if he helped the others out as well, like reestablish themselves. And that's why we hear Sub Jedi in Episode um, Nine. I think it's just really cool. Yeah. I'm really excited. If they were going to do a Kenobi season two, I know people are saying, but what can you do now? There shouldn't be one. I'm like, okay, I get that. But also, we were both the mindset that Vader didn't need to meet Obi-Wan between three and four. How wrong were we? So for me, one, exactly, it doesn't necessarily have to, he doesn't necessarily have to leave his house. Like the whole story could be like in the force or it could be now he doesn't have to stay on Tatooine. We know that because of the sh- the show. He could potentially like go off to that planet where Yoda went in the uh, Yoda arc and go, go for a similar trial. Yeah, and then you exactly. have loads of different characters and come back. I'm just saying, possibilities are wide open. They they really are. That's what exactly what I thought. I'm like, do you? I absolutely. There's so much growth still to happen for Obi Wan in between this point. And a new hope. There is so much that we don't know still. We absolutely could get more Obi-Wan stories. Absolutely. It could be down a different avenue, but it's still... I would also um, argue that it might be an interesting avenue to tell more Reva stories. Because I, mean, I especially no after mind. this finale... Yeah. Like, without... 
like and with this finale i the one of the huge things i took away from it other than like um a headache and congestion from so many tears um was that i need i need more reva stories i need to hear what she decides to do now that her future is open and you know me you know I love an unpacking trauma story. And this whole season was a wonderful unpacking trauma story for Miss Reva, but we got a lot to go. Um, how do you move forward after <laughs> literally being stabbed in the chest twice <laughs> over the past eight years um, or past ten years by the same guy who now is basically the ruler of the galaxy? Um, there's a lot to unpack. How do you move forward after this? And what does someone who's fallen from the path, how do, you know, they redeem themselves and live? I was sitting on this hill during the sequel trilogy. I did not want Kylo Ren to die. I wanted him to survive and redeem himself in person. Um, that, but you know, like I'm, I'm perfectly content of where we're at at the end of the sequel trilogy. It's, it's, that was just one thing that I've always wanted to see explored in my brain is how do we redeem ourselves before death in the Star Wars galaxy? Because it doesn't happen. We haven't seen it yet. It's like, I've turned. Peace out. Time for me to get out of here. Um, but we still could. There's potentially, so man. many interesting Force, stories. The Force Ghosts element of it. You know, I, I've always wanted to see that explored. I've always wanted to see Anakin stories post, you know, dying. Please, get, get Hayden Reva, out of the mask for an I, entire series. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I love it. But yeah, Reva. Tell me Reva stories. Tell me the songs of her people. Bear with me one second. Yeah, I was like, oh, what's going on here? It got really quiet. <laughs> yeah, I was distracted. Uh, no, yeah, I like it. with Reva, I feel like there's so much you can do. It's funny you said, like, what, like, what path that, can she go down? And I think that you actually answered it there. Like, I feel like she potentially could help the path. Redeem myself by actually helping I, other children. I love that idea. And I, but the part of it is how is she going to make decisions to redeem herself? But the other half of that coin is how is the world going to respond to her efforts to redeem herself? Obviously, Obi-Wan, Jedi way, you have a choice now. You have the choice to be better. You made the choice not to be like him, which is so beautiful. Also, with the um, with the statement when she asks, "Am I like him?" Um, it's like you've chosen not to be, and that, um, and also that she she talks about how she failed the younglings that were with her that day, and him being like, "You your decision to choose mercy." has brought them peace. And I think that that's also what Obi-Wan's decision was walking away from the Anakin fight was that Anakin is dead. This kill, this vengeful act of killing Vader right now, you know, like this 
is not going to bring Anakin peace because Anakin is dead. This is not Anakin in front of me. Um, sparing, sparing this person, being merciful um, would bring him peace, which I don't know how I feel entirely about that in the Anakin side of it, but it's 100% true in the Reva side. But it is the Jedi way, but clearly I am not meant to be a Jedi because I would have been like, nah, let's get this dude out of here, but it's cool. Be a good Jedi, Obi-Wan. I think it's from the force yeah, or whatever. What's cool is that we get to see you know, like you're saying with like Reva, like um I think we get to see like different characters maybe potentially interact with her. And Wow, that, I, I'm trying to work out the timelines if I'm messing this up or not. But if I'm correct, Jedi Fallen Order takes place five years after Episode 3, right? I believe that is correct. And then the new game is supposed to be five years after that. And it's also funny that you say that because now we have the rumors. I don't That's know. what I was about to bring um, Yeah, I was going to say, having Reva join Cal Kestis in a live-action Jedi Fallen Order successor series, I think that could be a perfect place to see her. I love the way you think. Because what perfect person to maybe have like a sort of, not, or like a bit of antagonism, but also relatability than Seer. Like, that's someone who has been tested by the dark side, but also has a deep hatred of the Inquisitorious. But also appreciates, you know, the fact that maybe she can potentially save this person like she couldn't do with Trilla. I love that as a way to be like, I couldn't save my Padawan. Let me pass this along and save this other fallen youngling. Oh, that's beautiful. Exactly. And I think that's what I want to see more of, like just stories like that and explain you know, helping out the path. Maybe they, we get to see more of these characters we got to see in Kenobi. And I just, yeah, I think there's a lot of exploration to be done there. And I think that's what's fascinating and fun about this entire galaxy. Uh, well, I think that's all we've got time for this week, Claire. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good stopping point. It's another thing where I know that this episode, as of recording, was several days ago. But this is one that I'm excited to rewatch and simmer on for a long, long time. Absolutely. Me too. I think that my new, I'm going to have to try and work out if my, my new favorite trilogy will be Shaken. I, I've always gone with um, Free, Rogue One, uh, 4. Now I'm tempted to throw in Kenobi there. Then that wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be a trilogy, but we'll Ooh. see. Have to work it out. I like it. I like it. Claire, where can people find you on the internet? But yeah, Charlie, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and the TikTok at Cstribs. Um, Twitter, I'm mostly there to, you know, share all of the things that I'm up to, which includes all of the Imperial Senate podcast content as well as Broaxium content. Um, I am a bro host over at Broaxium. Um, I am on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Central Time, shooting the poodoo, covering all pop culture news, um, as well as I am responsible for our quick shots, which are our spoiler-free previews of each new comic for Dr. Afra. 
So those typically come out on Tuesdays or Wednesdays when the comics come out on Wednesdays. So, so yeah, keep your eye out for that. And, uh, yeah, be sure to watch our YouTube channel and our TikToks. I do a lot of content up on there. So be sure to follow or subscribe and give videos that good old thumbs up to please the almighty gods of the algorithm. Fantastic. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at CMWASHBY. And if you go on my Twitter bio, you'll be able to find my link tree, which has the links to everything else where you can find me. So there you go. Pretty handy. Follow me everywhere else. Don't forget to give the Imperial Senate podcast a review on all good platforms. Thank you so much for listening. Um, We'll be back next time. Hopefully all three of us. But yeah, until then, see ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Imperial Senate Podcast. If you would like to hear more from the Senators, please visit our website at imperialsenatepodcast.com. There you will find links to our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as our Discord server, Twitch, and YouTube channels. You can also email us at imperialsenatepodcast at gmail.com. And please consider leaving a review on your podcatcher of choice. Thanks, and may the force be with you.